Welcome into what we call a PGA Tour season preview. Because after this lengthy offseason, where you've had months and months, or days and days, to think about what just happened, it's time to start again. Are you kidding me? We're previewing. Well, it's not actually the new season, and it's not the wraparound season. We just know they're going to play in the fall. So why wouldn't we talk about all of it? And I will do that with Brendan Young and Johnson Wagner coming up right now. Today's Five Clubs conversation is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip. It's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. You might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first-of-its-kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that on average, a focused group of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips. Refresh your game. Visit GolfPride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride. Respect the grip. And with that, welcome in Gary Williams, Johnson Wagner, Brendan Young. All right, boys, when you guys got out on tour, it was the way it's going to be again, meaning... This is not a wrap around who's what season is it. It is 23-24. It's what it was when you guys got there. Do you like it? Yeah, both of our rookie year was 2007 and the FedEx Cup ended. It was four events and it ended a couple weeks after Labor Day in football season mid-September. And uh, and then you played the fall. It was called the fall series at the time and you played for money to figure out who would be the top 125 pretty much ending in Disney every year. Yeah. And and I, I think it's great. I think it's great for rookies that maybe didn't have the greatest year, didn't make the playoffs. It gives them a chance in a maybe a little bit less stressful environment to have another crack at earning their card. I think it's great for the viewers. They, they couldn't figure out what year we were in. Was this part of this year? Was this part of next year? It makes sense. I think it's, it's back to where it should be. And yeah, I much prefer it this way. Um, the other thing that we'll get uh, before the end of the year is a little Q school, um, which again, w with the signature series now, uh, we don't know how many starts that particular, you know, category or cards or whatever. But the fact is, look, I'm not you guys. You guys played for a living. But as somebody who covers the game, things that are interesting that you sit forward and go, my God, this is really compelling. Cards on the line for, for the PGA Tour is must-see television for me. I love it. And I hope, it, I don't know if it's going back to six rounds, but it was the, my least, <laughs> I, I was there at final stage five times. It was my least favorite tournament. And you look at it now, there's only five spots, but you've, you've got 10 from the DP World Tour, 30 from the Corn Ferry Tour, and we used to have 50 spots, so they've technically gotten rid of five tour cards. Um, I, I wish that Q School had more to give more people a chance to actually earn their card back that way, but it is nice having it back. It was the worst event to be at 
the best event to watch. It really yes. was. You were guaranteed that something off the wall was going to happen. Totally. At every single Q school. I remember, oh, wasn't crazy Joe Daly? Oh, yeah. Insane. That, in, I mean, that, that sent him mad that he never recovered from. That thing that hit the rim and popped out of the middle. And it was. You were guaranteed that something weird was going to happen every single Q school. And he and I actually roomed together for a couple of Q schools. The one year I know it in uh, Palm Springs, and then one year at Orange County National. And it's you know you, know, you don't want it, it's tough rooming with somebody. If I had to go back, I would never room with anybody. And my fiance at the time, now wife, my last year, last year before I got my card at Q school uh, was 06 and I had an RV at the time and I was an absolute hermit the entire week I didn't want to talk to anybody don't call me on the phone I'm done with my round I'm going back to my RV and I'm resting it's grueling with practice rounds I mean it's eight days of golf yes um, if and and we we know the intelligence level of the people who watch these shows very very high when it comes to golf I know most of you know the Joe Daly thing if you don't just Google Joe Daly miss putt um, because you will be you'll, you'll be heartbroken for him. It's just one of the most my and it, it didn't happen in Corn Ferry Tour event. It didn't happen at Tour event. It happened at Q School because it had to happen at Q School. It, it, it happened to I mean, Gordon Sargent this year, 18th hole Sunday of LACC. You are correct, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, I, I, Charlie Reimer has some episodes of his own career, the Q School experience. Uh, just brutal, but again, like you said, worst thing to be at, best thing to watch. So we've got that. Before we talk about what we think we might see from the fall, what we like about the fall, maybe a little peek ahead to the new year, I, I want to ask you guys about a couple things from from this year that we're going to put a bow on. Um, and obviously, we've got the Ryder Cup coming up uh, at the end of September, and we've got a great preview that we're going to have with Webb Simpson. Uh, that we will have for you next week uh, with a three-time Ryder Cup participant. Um, the major championship season. The moment of the majors, Brendan, was what? Of the four major championships in men's golf, what was the moment that will stand up for you? <laughs> Honestly, probably Michael Block making that hole-in-one on 15 at Oak Hill. I mean, playing with Rory McIlroy and just that crowd going absolutely nuts. That one stuck pretty. No, pretty I mean, look, his week—it's a dream week. It's not something that we're going to see likely ever again in our lifetimes. That a club professional not only does he make the cut, he's on the cusp of getting the automatic invite back. He then plays with arguably the biggest star in the game, makes a hole in one on a hole that's built for a big audience in that little fifteenth. He gets up and down on eighteen, which was ludicrous, n knowing that he needed to do that. Michael Block is, you could, yeah, it's fair. You can make him the moment of the year in majors. Well, and I think that speaks to the kind of year it was in majors. But, uh, and I, uh, yeah, that was a nice moment. For, for me, though, <laughs> it was, it was. Why do you say that the way that you said that? Well, I, it, Because I, the whole thing got the charm choked out of it right away? It, it, it did. That's how and I, I and, felt. And I always, I always knew he was a big blocky guy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's mocking himself pretty well since then. He really is. I was covering the Barracuda when Brian Harmon won the Open Championship, and I got out to the booth three hours before I had to because I wanted to be early to watch Brian play. And, uh, you know, being such a good friend and watching him win the way he did at the Open Championship, and I know it was not a popular story, but uh, it, it proved to a lot of people, 36 years old, uh, not the biggest guy in the world, uh, that it, it can still happen if you work hard. And, and Brian's been, been working hard for 
his whole life, but he's re it's really paid off, and that was my favorite moment. Yeah, sense. you know, I, you guys make good points about, like, there are, they all had good moments. They all had historic moments because whoever won is now in, in the most important history books in golf. But if you look at the winners, Rom winning, no surprise. There was nothing extraordinary that was done late that you're going, oh my God, he made a bomb on 18. Um, the Kepka angle was very interesting because we didn't know it was the first Masters with Liv. And, and here is, you know, not the face of Liv because Phil was the face of Liv. In a sneaky way, Phil's sneaky second at the Masters is like, it's so Phil. Like, you know, he, he jumps up and he, and he plays with Spieth. And I, I went out and watched those guys that day. And I, I was like, like, really? You're going to do this? And you're going you're gonna to, like, flip him on the last hole. And they were going to post. And it was going to take something really weird for him uh, to, to, to even have a chance, which he obviously didn't. That one I would put up there is kind of like lost. And a lot of people want it to be lost because people are really down on Phil. Um, and I get it. And the year didn't really get much better for him in terms of PR. The PGA was Michael Block's week, even though Brooks Kepka won his fifth major. The U.S. Open, to me, will be remembered for people's kind of indifference toward the venue, which I love LACC. I think it's spectacular in every way, but the membership and the fact that they tried to buy up all those tickets and it wasn't a great viewing experience and I, we were, were unfamiliar with the holes and then you have two guys that go insane the first day in terms of shooting 62 and in, in, in i mean it's like really like back to back almost within 20 minutes of each other if Ricky won that, that would have been, I think, the moment of the majors. Or Rory, for that Or matter. Rory. Or Rory. And that's where I get to. We're going into 2024 with Rory, and he hadn't won a major since the PGA in 14. I really think that his decision to, to do what he did on the 14th hole summed up the major championship season for me. It really did. Yeah, he just couldn't hit it in that spot where he did. And then he getting the great break, which I don't think he should have gotten that break. And, and the, way the, drop, the way the drop was given I, and not getting that up and down and just didn't have it that whole Sunday, left putt after putt short. Um, and the, the venue there at LACC, fairways were too wide. There was yes. a lot of complaints. Uh, I think being a new venue, the USGA is kind of you – know, gotten a little too soft on their setup at a new venue like that not knowing what to expect and wanting to be in the good graces of the players but brooks kepka the way he finished that pga championship the way he drove the ball down 17 and 18 which two of the hardest tee shots i've ever seen in person uh, i think that was an incredible performance especially coming off that masters sunday fail yeah no for him to not share with anybody what he had learned about the masters and go out there and win the next major um, and again, he had Victor Hovland breathing down hot breath on the back of his neck. And Scotty Scheffler, you know, from a flat Saturday to a run on Sunday, he had to hit all the shots. And, and, he, and he did just that. And one last thing about Harmon, because you guys, I know, know and respect the hell out of him. You win any major by the margin that he won, that's insane. But to do it in your first major um, and, and to to not show any cracks that guy that i was 
that was wildly impressive. It was like, it was dull because he made it dull because he was so damn good. And I'm very happy for him. Uh, and that golf course, I don't know. What did you think of Liverpool? I like it. I was yeah. lucky enough to play it in yes. 14. I really do like it. Um, I agree with you, though. I, I think he made it dull. It wasn't a dull tournament. It's just the way he went out and handled his business. Obviously, from a viewing standpoint, you would have liked to have seen it get a lot closer than it really did. But, I mean, kudos to Brian Harmon for going out there and getting the job done the way he did. And in the conditions that they had Sunday, yes. to, to go out yeah. and try to close out your first major with a big lead in the rain, I can't think of anything more miserable. And I mean, because... <laughs> It can go sideways in a hurry in, the, in that sort of condition. And the tee shot he hit on 18, when everybody and their mother was hitting it left of the railing over there to avoid the internal out of bounds down the right side, he stepped up into the wind in the rain and smashed one down the middle. The way he played the 18th hole was just a perfect explanation of the way he played that whole week. Yeah. Um, you look at the major champions. Rom, the first European to have a, a U.S. Open and a Masters. Kepka to five and two first-time major winners. And I think you both are bullish on Wyndham Clark. Um, to, 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 this is not, we're not going to look back in 10 years and go, God, really? Um, like the, the, this could be the beginning. Late blooming, finding his space, not being self-defeating, kind of hard on himself uh, by, by people close to him. Um, that this, you know, and again, his execution, let's just give him a little bit of shine here. Like, he looked like he was in the verge of an Adam Scott slow meltdown, slow burn. Like Lytham and St. Anne's. Yes, about? exactly. He bogeys 15. Nobody bogeyed 15. 16, a lot of people did. And you're thinking, oh, my God, he misses the green left on 17. He's making it. And Rory is where Rory is, and you're going, oh, my God. And he, and he gets up and down on 17 and then just pipes it and hits two really good shots on 18. Well, I don't know, I don't know that he piped it off 18. Well, okay. He kind of wiped it over into the right side of the fairway. His lag putt on 18 was a great shot, but the chip on 17, chipping it up there to stone dead, not even having to think about a four-footer, that was incredible. And he almost made par on 16 after being out of position, hit that beautiful wedge from... 55, 65 yards, I can't remember the exact distance, but hit it in there close on 16, darn near safe par. His short game and wedge yes. game, to me this year, I always viewed Wyndham as a bomber of yeah. the golf ball, no short game and touch, but man, he's got some touch. Big time. I, the thing that impressed me was the clarity of thought down the down the stretch there for Wyndham Clark. He did everything he was supposed to. He took that three wood on 14, what Rory should have done, managed to chase it up into that tiny gap, exactly. made easy two putt birdie there. Obviously, little misstep at 15. 16 did exactly what he should have done. Should have really saved par. And then, as you say, 17 and 18. But he looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. Looked like he'd been there a thousand times. And having a guy like John Ellis on the bag, who's a, yeah. a multi-winner on the Canadian Tour, I think it's eight times. Having a guy like that, being able to, to kind of keep him on the rails there in that kind of pressure situation. Same with country with uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, very Scott Clay so. with Brian Harmon. And that's, and that's the thing with Wyndham Clark, you know, you speak to people, his inner circle, they all know how good he's been. And he's finally starting to believe it now or how good he's been for a long time. He's finally starting to believe that now. So yes, he's certainly not going to be a flash in the pan. Yeah, I agree with you. The fairways were too wide and 18 was too wide. One thing about the tee shot on 18 that people are, first of all, if you saw his tee shot on 12, the guy was hitting a big high. I mean, he was hitting that that big slider, and and he knew what he had. He knew what he had to work with. I mean, it wasn't a foul ball, but I get your point. The fairway was too wide. It was not a foul ball. I and I know a thing or two about foul <laughs> balls at the moment. Really. That was definitely no, not. You know, a, I, from my sources, 
You were finding it. I'm starting to find a bit. A foul ball for me would have been in the middle of the 17th fairway <laughs> off of 18 which is right. All right, give me uh, your moment of the year on the PGA Tour. What was it? It's got to be Nick Taylor in Canada. It, yeah. it has to be. I mean, just the whole way that went down um, to make a 70-footer to win your National Open after 70-odd years, however long it's 69. been. 69. 69 years. That, that, to me, was the number one moment of the year. It was my number one moment and number one image was the same. It was uh, Adam Hadwin coming in with the champagne bottle and it's full on. It's just about to just spray all over Nick Taylor and him getting decked onto the green just added to the element of uh, like that's I remember exactly where I was. Uh, we were it was a playoff. So George Savarikas and I were sitting on the set waiting to come on and I'll never forget that moment. Nick Taylor's putt, the whole playoff, his putt on 17 and 18 in regulation, yeah. like the way he finished that tournament with that amount of pressure. I don't think there was a, a, a I don't, there's, there's no moment that even touches it for me. No, I, it, it is Nick Taylor for me too. And I, like you said, the scene, I, I feel for Pat Fletcher's family that we're never going to hear his name ever uttered again. They've leaned on that name for decades, and now that Nick has won, it's like, okay, we can, we can lose that storyline. But the Adam Hadwin moment had everything. It had it all, man. I mean, it had him and his exuberance, and he's got this champagne bottle just ready. And, and the security guard, you talk about being overzealous. He didn't just go and just kind of wrap him up. He, he decleated him, picked him off off the ground, drove him into the ground, and immediately gets swarmed by other people to let him know, hey, man. <laughs> and then Adam Hadwin apologizes <laughs> to the security guard. That's the cherry on top. Like, of all people that Adam Hadwin, the delightful guy that he is, is like apologizing to this guy for taking him down. Well, and Hadwin, I, the, my favorite part of that whole thing is that Hadwin kept the champagne bottle vertical <laughs> and really did not spill much. <laughs> I mean. Uh, and for Tommy Fleetwood, it, it seems inevitable that he's going to win a golf tournament. Um, and he keeps, you know, he keeps knocking on the door and he's, but that, that was, that was absolutely, and by the way, he did it on maybe the most just forgettable golf hole ever conceived, <laughs> a layup par five. I mean, you, you, you can't hit driver on the hole. Everyone plays to the same distance, essentially. And then you have the same distance into the green. I thought that whole golf course was pretty forgettable. I, yeah. I maybe one par three on the back nine, 14 was even memorable whatsoever. But yeah, it was a, I don't think they'll be going back to Oakdale uh, very often. Yeah. Any other moments that, that you would want to mention? I know one myself that I, I do, but anybody else? I think you've got to mention Keegan Bradley winning at Travelers. Excellent Obviously one. his his hometown event, and you could see what what that meant to him um just the exuberance when he knocked in that little putt there and his family running out um yeah that, that one and michael bloggs holding one at the pga <laughs> i like uh, matt fitzpatrick shot on the third playoff hole rbc heritage yep. jordan spieth it was gutting uh for me uh, jordan spieth had, had two putts to win on the first playoff hole second playoff hole and then you know, you don't give a U.S. Open champion like Fitz a, a third opportunity, and he just absolutely stoned it. That one of my shots of the year. Yeah, um, I'd go back. You know, in, in in a year in which we're trying to understand the distinction between what were then called designated events and is now going to be part of what the, the signature series is. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the Honda Classic for a couple of reasons. One. Um, you know, the guy who was the executive director, Ken Kennerly, of that event, he still is in the emeritus role, is a lifelong friend. They've been dealt a shorthand. 
and and to be sandwiched in the middle of a designated hoagie between the end of the West Coast swing and all those designated events lined up like G5s, and then to have the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the players on the back end of it, they got a great event, and they got a winner who... I personally, because I'm too, am you know trudging the road the road of happy destiny in recovery to see Chris Kirk win that golf tournament. Oh, by the way, over a guy who nobody knew, understandably, who wound up being the best rookie of the year in Eric Cole. That was a great week. That was a great week, and Chris Kirk didn't play the Genesis, which he was eligible for, because yeah. he knew Honda was a good fit for him. And you look at that opposite Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell's a former champ at Honda, but went to Genesis and chose to not play Honda. And Keith played well at Genesis and was killing it that whole start of the year. But yes. Kirk ends up finishing top 30. Keith Mitchell barely made the playoffs. So I think going forward, guys looking at their schedule a little more closely about what courses fit you and making it a point to play no matter what the purse size is. Uh, so Eric Cole, is he like him? Do you agree he's rookie of the year? I think so. You know, obviously Taylor Montgomery got off to a wonderful start, made the PGA Tour look very, very easy in the last fall. Um, then he cooled off. I think the only other guy you could throw in there is Thomas Dietrich, maybe. I hate to even think of him as a rookie because he's obviously played in sure. for a long time, but is considered a rookie. Yeah. But I think, yeah, you've got to give it to Eric Cole. I think Eric making it to the BMW Championship, and also, like, he's 35 now. He started the year he was 34. If you look at some of the places where he's won these minor league golf tournaments, and to think that this guy is now exempt in the signature series on the PGA Tour at 35, he kept the lights on somehow, some way, and everybody knows his lineage and, and obviously, you know, who his parents are. I, I, I love the story of Eric Cole. He's my Rookie of the Year as well. Yeah, for sure, Rookie of the Year. Uh, just to give him some love, I mean, Nico Echevarria yeah. did win Puerto Rico. I think that's about one of five cuts he made. And then Vincent Norman, who I think is a young, upcoming stud. I've had the pleasure of walking with his group a couple times uh, and winning at uh, Barbasol this year. I think he's got a bright, bright future. And he's roommates with uh, Ryder Cup team member Ludwig Eberg. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, who's the Player of the Year? John Rahm has to be. Okay. Four wins, nobody else. Well, Victor Hovland. With did not win four. Won three. Three, yeah, three and he won the hero the previous December, which is you know gets world ranking points, but not an official four event. Four wins plus a major. I, I think you have to give it to Rahm. And, and also that Riviera wins a designated event as well. Yeah, so, I mean, he... Such a weird, weird candidacy of the players who, you know... If Scotty Scheffler had done anything in the playoffs, given the way Rom had played, I think I have to give it to Scotty. But now it would be a race between Rom and Hovland, and if I had to vote, if I still could vote, I would vote Rom. Yeah, I, I would too. I, I cannot believe that that those two guys, as they left Augusta National, one had four wins, one had two, which included the players for Scotty Scheffler. They look like this was going to be Hagler Hearns through the summer months throwing haymakers at each other. And it's not that Scotty Scheffler didn't continue to contend and almost win, it seemed like, every week, but he never did. And nor did Rom. And Rom got really flat in terms of his performances. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, his driver uh, kind of becoming faulty. It's a weird player of the year kind of campaign. The fact that the guy who won it never won a golf tournament after the first week in April. And Hovland, it's a fantastic year. Fantastic year. Um, 
but it can't be him. It's got to be the guy who won the Masters and had the most wins. Yeah, I will say about Hovland, though, I, I think he's really taken a jump. I mean, you've, Big time. I'm not going to talk about the he won two heroes, but th those don't really count for I'm me. I'm with you. He won Puerto Rico, twice in Mexico, and then this year to go win <laughs> Memorial as a 120-man field. Huge, huge win. Uh, then, obviously, the BMW and Tour Championship. So I think you're looking at a guy in Victor Hovland who not only had a breakout season this year with those big-time wins, but I think going forward, I, I mean, I, I, I put him square the way he played the PGA Championship without that break on 16 hitting the lip like uh, Corey Connors did the day before. I think we're looking at a major champion right there, and I think he's going to get it done next year. Yeah, you would again. We 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 did this with Rom. I remember I sitting here with you boys talking about who's going to win another. Who could could he win another major? And I only just played the odds because you know two major championship seasons just don't happen very much. But I'm with you about like Victor. He went from looking kind of overwhelmed by being with Rory at the old course in the last major of 2022 to looking very comfortable as the year progressed from playing well at Augusta National to until he hit it into the face there on 16 was like hell yeah I can do this um no I I there's no doubt he's the best player in one of major is he not oh he has to be and he it wasn't just the PGA I haven't I mean he had if you include the players, I think his worst finish was T-17 in all those events. I mean, he had an incredible major season and maybe was second to Rory and most under par for those five events. So I think, I, I know I don't want to anoint him a major champion, but I would be stunned if he doesn't win one in the next three years. Totally fair. Okay, they don't have the category, but somehow your membership should figure out a way to revive it because it's a story that should be told. Players are coming back from something all the time. And the Comeback Player of the Year award was retired because you gave it to the same guy two years in a row, which is one of the great dubious things that's ever happened in sports. You should bring it back. And, and my God, this year, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Lucas Glover. I mean, I can go on. I can add Chris Kirk to that list. If there was a Comeback Player of the Year, who would it be? I would give it to Lucas Glover. You would? Yeah. Okay. I mean, a guy that's openly battled full-blown yips. To come back, win two events, I mean, to me, that is a huge, huge story. Yeah. It is. He, he won a tournament in 21, though. He won the John Deere Classic. I mean, I'd throw uh, Justin Rose in the mix, too. Yeah, he good broke, one. He broke a long winless drought at AT&T yeah. AT Pebble Beach this year. I, I, I'd give it to Jason Day if I had to give it to somebody. Okay. Or, for, or Fowler. Yeah. Just because Lucas won two years ago. That, that's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lucas won twice, but your but but to your point, it was like how long was the dark period? How and and you know, it doesn't take away from his you know what he went through. Full blown. Yeah. I mean, the the putt that they have from Wyndham, where he hit it literally, it wasn't the heel. It was like the back of the heel um, <laughs> that he hit it out of. And oh by the way, that that new putter that is despicable to look at. I've looked down at that thing just out of curiosity. He put that in play for that U.S. Open sectional qualifier and missed a bona fide kick-in, and you're going, okay, this ain't going to work either. And he fought through that and got past it and immediately started finishing in the top five. The Dave Fowler thing to me, because of their relevancy and people paying attention to their results, they had to answer to questions constantly. When are you going to get it right? You're Jason Day. You're Ricky Fowler. I'd split it. I'd give it to both of them, and I'm not trying to hedge. Those two guys looked into the darkness and found the light again, and they were, they're stars in the game. 
And I can't imagine what that could do to a psyche to be number one in the world. And Ricky was a players champion, the, one of the biggest stars in the world. And to think it might be over and, and to do the work and to win again. That's strong. And for different reasons. And I for mean, different Jason, reasons. Jason Day didn't know if he was ever going to be able to play. I mean, or swing right. the club the way he used to, dealt with so many back injuries. So, yeah, that's a testament to those guys for digging deep. Yeah, yeah. the, the swing difference from Ricky Fowler, his last really nice finish was the CJ Cup back in 21 before this season. And if you look at the side-by-side -side of how laid off and how awkward his swing looked then to compare it to the work that he went through with Butch Harmon for the second time to get it where it is now, I think the swing, I mean, it's it's remarkable the work he's done and how, how much trust that takes and how much how much range session time it takes to make that difference. And, and he's turned into one of, a, one of the more consistent seasons out of anybody on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I was with Butch a couple weeks after that. He came to speak to a bunch of juniors in Las Vegas. And a couple weeks out from this, and you don't think of Butch Harmon as being the, you know, the, the emotional type. He got very emotional like that. He has an, an affection for Ricky that is very real. Um, he was, you know, he, he's 80 now. It touched him deeply to see all that work pay off and to see Ricky win again. All right, now let's talk about the now. Um, when you look at who is ascending, who's going to play some fall events, give me a name or two that people should like put down as they look at fantasy golf for next year or ascending to a place that you think these guys have got the chops to be a top 30, top 40 player can get into designated events or signature events. Give me a name or two. Ludwig Aberg. Okay. I'm saying this guy will be a top 10 player in the world by middle of next year. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think the sky is the limit. So I've the Ryder Cup will be a coming out party for him. Very much so. I've been okay. lucky enough to watch this guy play in several events now. Covered him at the John Deere. Um, watched him play a lot in Kranz last week in Switzerland. I think this guy has all the tools making to make one of the top players in the world. And he's that kind of guy that's going to have to play this fall too because he didn't earn his way yeah. into the top 125. Now he'll have his card for next year based off PGA Tour U, but he would go into the Corn Ferry category and would reshuffle. So he's going to have to go out there and play and play for that 125. So we're going to see a lot of him this fall. I agree with that. I also like Sam Stevens. He had that second. <laughs> he had that second place finish. The guy's on the up and up, and he's someone that not a lot of people know about. His incredible work ethic, wonderful ball striker. He played with uh, Brant Snedeker Sunday at the 3M, and I was out there mm. and I, I walked onto the range and said, "Brant, I'd like to know what you think of this kid after the round." And he's like, "I don't even know what he looks like." And I said, "Well, he's right there, and he's going to beat the out of you today." <laughs> and uh, he did. And and I think I think Sam is not afraid of the moment. And I think he's a guy that. Maybe he doesn't pick up a win this fall, but I think he'll contend, and he's going to win very soon on the PGA Tour. You know, I remember you mentioning, Sam, to me, You I don't, was it Puerto Rico? Where was it that you... you Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic. Okay, both. Um, and I actually did a little thing with him uh, during Wells Fargo week, and I was struck by one thing in particular like he's a grown-up he he has got a family already he lives in kansas and even though he grew up in the fort worth area uh for family reasons he makes his home in the state of kansas like for for sam he plays golf for a living and he's like he knows he's got a plan and he goes out and he executes that plan um there's not going to be any like clunky well he's got to figure out social media and it, no 
he is a grown man. Um, so I, 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 I like him a lot, and people are going to they're going to see him pop up, like you said last spring, more and more on leaderboards on the PGA Tour. Somebody who is going to be on the PGA Tour, um, who I think is going to get acclimated. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think that he'll have a solid rookie year. Is Pearson Cootie? Um, if you if you do all the things like I I look at guys who like don't skip steps and and he was great junior obviously he goes to the university of texas they win a national championship he transitions to professional golf and he starts winning golf tournaments the skill of winning to me is a is at the end of the day the most important skill i don't think pearson cootie is going to get on the pga tour and go oh my god i don't belong here i think he's going to feel comfortable and i think he'll be productive comfortable immediately is what you're saying and and that's just the way a lot of these college kids are coming yes. out like a Ludwig Aberg, like a Pearson Cootie they come out and they win wherever they are they're they're accustomed to it and the the stage doesn't seem to bother them at all I was in Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to James Nitty who's yes. been doing all of the Corn Ferry Tour stuff and I said give me one guy's name and didn't hesitate at all Pearson Cootie he said watch out for this guy yeah, yeah he is he's a consummate professional already um, and just expect big, big things. He's not going to be overwhelmed by any of the moments he has to deal with, and uh, I, I have to agree. I, I also let me mention one other guy, and we'll see how many, you know, how many starts he may get next year on the PGA Tour. But the eventual, the, like the future buy, the future stock, Chris Guterup is—he's a Jersey kid. Uh, not from North Jersey, unfortunately, uh, but he started at Rutgers, then he went to Oklahoma. Like he's a big boy. Uh, and and I think that he's got the chops to be very good at this game at the highest level. He'd be another guy, I would say. I've heard nothing but good things about him, and it's just amazing watching. I haven't watched enough of the Corn Ferry Tour this year, but these guys coming out. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, it, you know, you look at a Scott Guchewski who still kind of plays pretty good out there still, but these guys are coming up. I, 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 I'm, I would be terrified to go play a season on that tour right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You should be. It really is ludicrous. I right. mean, it's really ridiculous. The scores they shoot and and how much speed and distance that they have. I, I, I you know, the examination of, of like distance in the game, there are a couple places I would recommend people go to look. Like people want to focus on, well, what are the winning scores at majors? That to me is not like where the challenge lies. The challenge lies in trying to find golf courses equipped to kind of defend against the next generation on the corn ferry tour where they know they got to shoot nothing just to finish in the top 10 i thought it was hilarious i looked at like doing some some stuff on the pga tour radio network i'm, I'm doing scoring on sunday and it's like 19 under he finished 12th i mean it's what you have to do to top 10 there is nuts. Well, they went and played Matitakonk this year. I yes, don't, they well, did. Do you remember what the winning score? I do not. I, I do know, not. Because when, I mean, I'm sure you played there. When that place opened, I mean, I caddied for my brother in the Ike there. It was the hardest golf course on planet <laughs> Earth back in the mid 90s. Right. And now I bet it's, now I bet they shot 20, 2300. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't know that. That, that Matitakonk in Jackson Township, New Jersey. Uh, when it was built, it was like, oh, my God, this is, the, this is for the next generation. Well, the next generation. Here's the other thing is, like the Walker Cup. And let me just, as it applies to distance, it's the old course. Gordon Sargent was, you know, was hitting multiple par fours. It's, you know, look, there are plenty of guys who can do that. 
When you look at that team, though, is there anybody on that American side that not necessarily going to play on the PGA Tour this year that you want to lay down a future bet on now? You can only take one, and I think there are, there's some good future bets on that team. Uh, I can only lay down one. One. Nick Dunlap. Okay. Guy won the U.S. Junior, yeah, yeah. won the U.S. Had one Amateur. of the great summers of all time. He's on a list of two, and that other person is Tiger Woods. Correct. As something that, I mean. Northeast Am, U.S. Am, Junior. Um, and it obviously, he didn't win the Junior this year. Um, obviously, Walker Cup. So he takes Dunlap. Would you take him as well, or you take somebody else? I would take him, but just for another name, Gordon Sargent. Yes. I mean, we watched him. He looked so comfortable at that U.S. Open um, out there in L.A. He's another guy that I think this is a can't-miss talent. Uh, it, Rory said after he played his practice round with him at Augusta, he's the first of what will be not many, but some, that this is the first one who can hit it forever and knows where it's going. Like, this is long drive distance type stuff with, with you know, control of, of where it's going. I would take Sargent, but just to give you another name, like Caleb Serrat, who's from this part of the world, is a freak show he's another one i mean ben james is another one i mean that group we could be looking at that walker cup team in 10 years and go oh my god that's one of the greatest walker cup teams of all time and and to piggyback caleb i've, I've been around him a couple times on the yes. driving range he is you were speaking about sam stevens being a full-grown man uh, when i met caleb he was a freshman at tennessee yeah and he was so mature i i couldn't believe it well-spoken mature his game is obviously extremely polished but i just think back to what you know you and i were like <laughs> as freshmen and it's not the same sport. no it's no it isn't um as as we look ahead to the next year and you look at let me give me somebody who needs to come out of a funk whether it was 23 whether it was more than 23 whether you they need to or you think that they will give me somebody a bigger name that didn't win a golf tournament this year that you're like come on man you're better than that i mean the obvious answer is justin thomas right yeah got picked for the Ryder Cup, yep. team, but he would be the first to tell you that he had a very, very disappointing 23. Um, guy that you'd expect to contend in majors, win multiple tournaments in the year, and he's had a, a, a bad year, and it happens. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think it speaks to just Dustin Johnson's career. What did he win in, I think it was like 15 straight, 14 straight seasons on the PGA Tour. That is no easy feat. Rory's oh. got a nice one going right yes. now. But for me, I've got a couple guys. I think Cam Young needs to win. Yes. Uh, and I, he's only his third year on tour, and I hate to to put that on him, uh, but he needs to win, and he needs to like It's becoming an issue mm. if he doesn't rattle one off at some point. And Morikawa, I think Morikawa needs to win a golf tournament. It's been since the 21 Open Championship two-time major champion kind of was anointed this you know greatness and he's got all the skills he was there at the rocket mortgage when ricky won but colin's game is too strong for him not to win more often. no f f both of them uh, totally fair um i'm gonna say this and and look i, I don't I, i'm not falling over into the fetal position when he doesn't make a six footer but i'm not far behind i've been invested in jordan spieth for a long long time I find him fascinating as a, as a player, as a study of, of, of playing the game, the manner in which he plays it. You gotta win golf tournaments, man. And, and th there's something about, he's 30 years old now, and he's, he's going into the Hall of Fame. Whenever the day is, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. But how many times did you win? 
and and his major championship season to me was deflating. It's like, and it's not just the majors, but look, he's a three-time major champion, and he sits on the doorstep of being in a very small room with only a, a handful of people having won the career Grand Slam, and who knows if Valhalla is a spot for him. But you mentioned you know, the heritage. Like He was possessive of all the magic dust that everybody else looked at when it always works out for him. And you can say, well, it's because he made everything. It wasn't just that. He was one of the best iron players in the world as well that was coupled with him making every 15-footer. He's got to win golf tournaments. The way he lost, but go ahead. I, I was just going to say, we've got to throw Tommy Fleetwood's name out there as yeah. well. It's, it's to the point now where he needs to win in the U.S. Like This is a guy that's contended in so many majors, still hasn't crossed the line over on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and I mean, it was gut wrench. I mean, it, it, but I, I said it before and I'll say it again. He plays in the biggest events, and those events are so hard. No like, doubt. If Fleetwood wants to rattle off a win, he needs to play the Honda. He needs to play some of these non signature events where he can go maybe poach one as opposed to playing all the big ones. But Speeth, the way he lost Valspar this year, the way he lost Heritage, yes. Bay Hill, he was in the driver's seat coming down the stretch. Like, that is an issue. And I think it's, it's, for me, it's with him when he loses. It's it's off the tee. Sixteen at Valspar, start of the stage. Yes, pit. that like that. That's a problem. And I know he said post round he was trying to, you know, he he's getting ready for Augusta, and if he didn't have that cut three wood off that tee, but I mean, try winning. You practice by, for Augusta by winning a golf tournament, not yes. hitting some cut three wood that you may hit once in in the next two weeks. I I don't know. I I would like to have that. That was his to take, and he let it get away. Yeah, it's um. You know, in, in the Masters thing for him, like, he's going to put together one of the great records at Augusta National ever. Now, you know, it's only going to be really, really great if he wins a couple of times. Like, if you look at Seve in the 80s, um, you know, outside of, you know, Ben Crenshaw only won one time in the 80s, and he had an exemplary record for that decade, and, and even beyond that. Um, and and Spee's piling up all these top fives because he's built for that place and he loves it so much and he embraces it. But like to your point about like, what are you doing thinking about a tee shot for a golf tournament that's a month away? Winning golf tournaments fosters winning golf tournaments. Um, and then the other part is like, like, I'm not asking you to make every 25 footer like you did in 2015, <laughs> which, which he did. But uh, please don't miss the six-footers that you need to to keep these rounds together. It's agonizing, man, and you agonize more than anybody. And he, he did have a good run of, of solid putting. I thought the Heritage Week, he was rock solid on those short putts. But, yeah, I think you're referring to that putt on 17 at Valspar on Sunday. After making the best bogey I've ever seen in my life, that's a triple for It was better players. than the bogey he made at the Open in 17? No, that one was pretty good, too. <laughs> but then the lace a three iron to that back left pin yes. at Innisbrook and miss that putt when he ties for the lead with that it was it was very unspeed like and and it is it's agonizing and that's that needs to stop so the tiger thing is you know a palms up we don't know do you think he'll play competitive golf in 2024 i mean there there, there is an indication that this last procedure he had well, well, is is encouraging in the sense it's going to ease discomfort um, with the lower leg. It's going to it's going to help manage the plantar fasciitis. Um, but it's just such a, I mean, it's a mash. He's a mash unit. I, I, That's I, what he is now. He's an he's a question mark. 
You can't even answer it, really, can you? I mean, we all want to see him play. Of course. Um, I, I, I think Genesis wore him down. Uh, and then did he withdraw after Saturday at the Augusta? Yeah. I mean, that was a brutally that was cold. A tough day. Yeah, was <laughs> <laughs> For a lot of different reasons, Gary. But that was a rainy, nasty day. and uh, I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> we did some nice writing together that <laughs> yes, afternoon. Yes, we did. We did. I, I look, I, um, my feeling is that this, this venture that he is in, which has the most decorated list of owners, athletes, and Wall Street investment I've ever seen in tomorrow's sports, maybe the only place we see him hit golf shots, which will be in a simulator in like this 10,000 seat arena on streaming services and likely network television, primetime television. I don't know. I hope that I hope I hope more. Um, if he does play anywhere, like is going to Augusta National, like like really turning up there. I, I don't think he should play. I mean, really for his quality of life. Yeah, if yeah. He, you see what this guy's putting himself through just to play a round of golf. There's no way he should be playing. So so, and this is not none of this is. It's not unfair. But, but because we simply don't know anything, um, I, I just wonder if his next big big spot in golf is captaining the next U.S. Ryder Cup team at Bethpage. I, I mean, U.S. Open champion there. I think he'd be a great fit for that Ryder Cup. Does he play the Champions Tour if he can ride the yes. golf cart? I, I mean, I kind of agree. I, I never would have thought. Never. I never would have Ever. thought that. But I think he loves playing competitive golf. Yes. I think that. I think he. he he said he's It'll not going to play if he doesn't events. think he could. Yeah, well, he he's he won't play the Masters this year if he doesn't truly think he can win. And I I don't think there's anything that would prove to him that he could. But is he 47? Turned 48 in December. Yeah. So I mean, we're possibly a year and a half, two years away from yeah. him playing. He literally and he, and he and his birthday is at the end of the year. It's, I believe it's December 30th. So it, it's I think it is. And so he would start the, that new year eligible to play Champions Tour events, and never in my wildest dreams did I think he would ever do that. I thought he'd be out of the game at 40 if he had stayed healthy with 25 majors. I think he absolutely will play Champions Tour events, not 18 of them, but like Jack would play five to seven and, and he would pick off a couple of senior majors. Hell yeah, he's doing that. And he can go and get a couple Corn Ferry starts while he's preparing to <laughs> get ready. <laughs> I, I love when people would say he needs reps. He needs to go play a couple of Corn Ferry events. Like, did you really just say that? Not you, but, but others would. Will Live Golf live beyond 2024? I mean, I, I would have said no. Uh, I would have said no, but I, I, think it, I think it will. And I think this marriage between PIF and the PGA Tour is, is not going to go as planned. It's 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 a bigger question mark now for me than it's been. I thought it was really clear. I thought this year was going to be the last year, but I think it's going to go next year, and I think there's a good chance it goes beyond. I, I think it's going to start declining, and it's. I think the tour's done a wonderful job. I I doubt that Liv is going to get a lot of fresh young players unless they poach them from college. But uh, I think the PGA Tour's done such a good job of combating it. But yes, it's going to go two more years and then be done. Okay. I think it's going to keep going. Yes, I think it's going to keep picking up traction. Um, wow, I really do. I just, they are picking up sponsorship, and yeah. it's modest in terms of the profile of the companies. 
but they haven't stopped their business model. They're moving ahead with, with apparel deals and sponsorship deals, and as well they should, I suppose. And, and who knows how true it is, but everybody you listen to sounds like they're enjoying themselves so much out there. They really feel like they've made the right decision. You think, you think Harold thinks he made a good decision? <laughs> I mean, these guys, I mean, I, I look at some, and, and money doesn't cure all, um, and, and the dreams you once had, and they're different, and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing, that, that there is an enjoyment level. It didn't, it didn't not exist when they were playing the PGA Tour, but it's, it's different, yeah. and they are hopscotching all over the world. I think they will absolutely play through 24. My thing is is that what will this look like in 25? What will the PGA Tour and live coexisting as, as partners to whatever degree it is, what will it be? And I think it's going to be primarily events outside of the United States that will co-op, they will co-op the space together. Um, and I also think what you will see, not immediately, you will see a couple of PGA Tour events go to the Middle East is what I think is going to happen. So, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see on Throw that. the game. Yeah, I, you know, again, one of the la two last things, Rory. Rory in 2024, is will Rory play the best golf he's ever played in his career, or has he already played the best golf he will play in his career? I'm going to take the optimistic look on that one. I, okay. think, he's going to play the, I think he's going to play the best golf he's played in the last eight, nine years. Okay. Yes, I think he's... I think he's kind of going to be going off the board soon he, he he's going to be just fine i think he wins a major i always say that but i, I think rory's, rory's best golf can still be a smart play to say he will win one he, he, I mean, he drives the ball too good as sure his wedge game got better throughout this season mm -hmm. i think he's going to continue to make moves i i tend to agree with johnson there i think the same thing um i think rory still has his best golf in front of him i agree he'll win a major it's not going to be augusta augusta will not be his next major I think he still will win I it agree at with some. You on that. He will win it at some point, but he's gonna have to win another major before that. Um, I still think Rory needs to go out there and hire a very experienced caddy. Yeah, I've thrown Steve Williams's name out there. I mean, think about that statement that would make if Rory McIlroy shows up with arguably the best caddy of all time at his side. What that says to the rest of the tour? Like, I'm here and I mean some business. Yeah. My God, Steve Williams would add Rory to his roster of players that he's getting for, like Rory and Tiger, in one career. I don't think he'll do that. Um, I do think he's going to win a major next year, and I think he's going to win where he won his last one. I don't think – the idea of him, and I've gone through this, historically speaking, he's the greatest outlier of all time of anybody who has five or more. Um on average, it took players to go from four to five, two and a half years. The only reason the number is that high is because Peter Thompson took seven and he wasn't playing majors in the United States. This is such an extraordinary circumstance where you have someone of that ability, of that level of accomplishment at such a young age for it to dry up. And it's not like it dried up and he never contended. He habitually contends. And it's tantalizingly close, and it's agonizing to watch, like we did at L.A. North this past year. I think Valhalla is going to be his – I think he's breaking through the vortex after what will probably be another top five at the Masters. And if he does win there, he will have just turned 35 years old. He turns 35 at the beginning of May, like Kepka turns 34. Their birthdays are a day apart. Um, 
Will Kepka win another major in 20? Will he get to six and match Phil and Faldo and Trevino? In his career or next no, year? No, next year. Oof. Uh, I mean, let's look at where he won. He won at all similar style golf courses. Shinnecock, maybe I'd throw that out yeah. there. And I think Pinehurst is not a great fit for him. Uh, Valhalla could be a, Valhalla could be a good fit. Yeah, I, I could see I could see Brooks he, Rory his dueling. fourth PGA. Didn't Kepka finish fourth at Pinehurst? Yes, last time we were there. Yes, that was- <laughs> nice, <brother. laughs> nice pull. Just, yeah, I just remember that he played in front of me. All right, well, never mind. Um, <laughs> maybe he'll win. Pinehurst. That was his first. That was his first top ten in a major. Yeah, yeah. I, yes, I think Kepka's going to win another one. I really do. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him win Augusta. Okay, um, last thing. A player who has not been number one in the world who will get to number one in the world next year. This seems like an easy answer. And the only answer would be uh, Hovland. Right? Yeah, it would be the only answer, right? I, I, I think when you look at it, I think Scotty and, and Rom have se- – and Rory even, they've separated. That, that's a tall task. I mean, that's it gonna, is. But, but, yeah. Victor would be the only answer, you think? Yeah, it has to be. Um Shoffley, maybe. Cantlay, maybe. But, I, I mean, especially on the rise he's been on right now, you got to say Victor Hovland. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would be him as well. I, I do think th- this is the last thing. The signature series, in terms of the way it will be presented, half of them will have cuts. So the three signature events that are associated with a great player, Arnold Jack Tiger, and the players, so four of the eight will have cuts in 2025. Will that still be the same number? I would hope not. I would hope more of them would. And I would like for those player-hosted events to go up to at least 100. I mean, the, I'm the, begging you, please. The, the cut, the cut from 70 to 80 down to whatever it's going to be 50. 50? I, I Come mean, on. Go to 100, then cut it to 50 if you How want. How many examples do we need of the depth in the game now that, that these fields don't need to be 70 players? I thought it took away from the BMW this year being only 50 guys, and I think the Tour Championship is is not the greatest event to watch. I mean, you've got half the field has no chance to win. And and I, I, I was surprised, I think, at one point on Friday or Saturday at the Tour Championship, I think it was Friday, there was a lot of guys within a couple shots yes. of lead. And it was the first time in forever I can remember seeing that. But then it turned into a two-horse two race, and I think the smaller the field, the less guys have a chance to win. And I, I think it makes for more compelling TV when you've got stronger, deeper fields. Okay. I think they look completely different 2025. I think we're going to see a cut in all of those signature series wow. events. The fact that you've got Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, and well, Arnold Palmer, sure. three of the biggest names ever in this game, cuts in those events. I think we're going to see 2025, there will be a cut in every one of those. And hopefully with you guys, those fields are somewhere in that 100, maybe even 120 range. Yeah, I, I, I hope it's at least 100. Again, you can't talk about how we're the best, deepest tour in the world and then eliminate like your talking point that you are the best deepest field in the world as far as a tour we've seen too many examples i, I mean lee hodges i mean really people are going who's that i'll tell you who lee hodges is there's 15 of those guys walking and hitting balls on the range every week on tour right this is a tour full of freaks i got a question for you yes top 50 from this year how many are going to be different after the season in 2024. I love that. Um, 
the the challenging part is that I, there could be more, but there won't be more because the system will allow these guys because they'll get all those starts to embed themselves and be insulated. I'm going to say eight. Okay. Okay. It's a great question. It's back to like the World Golf Championships, right? If you're in those World Golf Championships, you, it was hard to get out of them. Exactly. It's a great question. Well, Show up think? money. I'm going to say probably not many more than that. I was going to say 10 to 12 at most. Yeah, I've been saying six. I'm going to stick with it. We'll okay. See. I got the printout. We'll I love it. I, yeah. I love the whole That's idea of the relegation. All right, boys, have a great fall season. Love that. It, how about this guy back grinding? I know. I like to hear it. He it's needs to. The only to. reason <laughs> is because Graham had a, had, had a putt to beat him at Carolina Golf and Country Club a couple of weeks ago. I, I got to put it off. He's turned into a great young player, and I, I can't wait for him to beat me. I was actually rooting for him to make that putt, but I was happy that I, I, I want to force him to get better. I don't want to just roll over and, and die. Paul Laurie got on another Ryder Cup team because of the motivation he got from his kids saying, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is great. Well, thank you, boys, very much. And most importantly, thank you to all of you out there for watching and listening what has been a review preview of the PGA Tour.